Oh, Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, we just pray for the leaders of this land. Would you undertake, Lord? Would you give wisdom, Lord? Lord, I pray that we'd acknowledge you in the midst of it, that man would turn to you. Lord, we're just asking, Lord, for this land of ours. Oh, God, would you move by your Spirit? Would you blow, Lord? Would the wind of God blow across this land again, Lord? Oh, Father, we pray, Lord, for that great awakening, Lord, amongst your people, Lord. We believe you're doing a work, Lord. Oh, God, we just look to you tonight for your help. Lord, as we come to your word, we pray that you would, Lord, open the pages, as it were, afresh, Lord, we pray that you would bring the revelation of your word to your hearts. Oh, Father, tonight we pray, Lord, give us understanding. Lord, speak to us tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the, Lord, the privilege to preach your word. Lord, and we pray as it is preached throughout the land by these means, Lord, these platforms, that you would anoint it, that you would bless it, that you would give much increase, Lord. Oh, Father, that the name of Jesus would be glorified. So, Lord, give us that anointing, Lord, as we come to your word, both to preach it and to hear it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be here again tonight. We do welcome everybody that's tuning into the live stream. I hope that you're being blessed uh, through the live stream. And we just pray the Lord would just undertake for us. Also, just remember that you are able to give of your offering and your tithe. And that's through uh, the donate uh, area in our website there that you can go on and you can give uh, by bank transfer the bank details are there also you can give uh, just by posting a check into the office here the details are all there or by paypal so we give the lord thanks for your faithfulness in giving let us continue to be faithful in the lord's work and giving on to him praise the lord if you have your bibles tonight then we're going to turn again to psalm chapter 46 and the title tonight is god is in the midst psalm chapter 46 we're going to read the whole psalm again together psalm chapter 46 reading uh, from verse 1 god is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore will not we fear Though the earth be moved, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, and though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. That word simply means to ponder or to think on these things. Verse 5, if you go back up to it again, it says, God is in 
the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. From the beginning of this book, right to the end, Jesus Christ, he's the beginning and he's the end. But what you'll find from the beginning right to the end, you'll find a God that desires to be in the midst of his creation. More importantly, that which he made in the image of himself, that is man. It is in the very heart of God that God desires, the Almighty God that placed the stars in the sky, the sun, the moon, the planets, that created all things. But his chief aim and his chief desire in creating man was that he would be in the midst of his people, that he would commune with them in fellowship. This one thing you'll find right from the very beginning in Genesis, right to the very end in the book of Revelation, that he desires to be the center of everything of our lives, to be the one thing that we desire. That's what God wants, that he's the one thing that we desire, that he is the one thing that we seek first in our lives, that he is the one that our souls would pant after. He desires to come and be among us. When you go right back in the Genesis And chapter 3, you find there just after the fall, and we have touched on it a couple of times over previous weeks, but here you find the very desire of God. Man has fallen. Man has turned from God. Man has rebelled. Man has fallen into sin. Man has been deceived. But yet in all of that, we see and read in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, that as Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves, they heard the voice. Verse 8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And verse 9 says, and the Lord calls out to Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard the voice, thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. We see here that the search of God was for man. To be amongst man, his creation, Adam and Eve. When you get to the very end of the book, if you go right over into Revelation chapter 21, and this is all possible through the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross, we read there in Revelation chapter 21, and this is the, 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 the very gathering up of the end of all things in Revelation chapter 21, what we're heading towards. It says there in verse 3, that I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. It is the very desire through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, that in the very end, that God will gather a people unto himself, that he will be with them, and he will be their God. We see in the very heart of God that he desires to dwell in the midst of his people. The psalmist says here that God is in the midst. What 
What a truth tonight to know Christ as your Savior, to know that Jesus Christ lives within your heart, that God is in the midst when he brought his people Israel out of Egypt in Exodus chapter 15. And you can turn over to that, but he led them out of Egypt in Exodus 15. We read as he brought them forth down to the Red Sea. And we see that great parting of the Red Sea supernaturally by the power of God. And he leads his people across that Red Sea. And as on the stand and on the other side as Moses begins to sing and rejoice at the great work of what God has done in delivering his people and in also destroying their enemy. And this is what Moses said in Exodus 15 and 17. Thou shalt bring them in. And plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. In the sanctuary, O Lord, with thy hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. That he would plant his people in the mountain of thine inheritance. The Lord will dwell with them in the sanctuary. The very desire of God was to bring a people out. And that he would be in the midst of his people. That he would dwell in the midst of them. That they would be the planting of the Lord. You know it's good to be planted. The blessed man of Psalm chapter 1. The blessed man, the Bible says, that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit and season. Church, brothers and sisters, It's good to be planted of the Lord. It's good to be planted beside that river of life, those rivers of water. It's like that tree. That's what God wants to do. He wants to plant us. He wants to dwell among us. The Bible says in Psalm 92 and 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It's good to be planted in the in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is the spiritual gathering of his people. It's good to be planted in a local church. It's good to be planted of the Lord by the rivers of water. It's good to be planted in him. That's where you flourish and that is where you grow. When Moses was given by God the design of the tabernacle. I'm showing you the principles through scripture of the desire of God. In Exodus chapter 29, if you turn over just on to the end there, Exodus chapter 29, and that great design that was given to Moses by God of that tabernacle, what was a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ and the things that were to come. But in Exodus 29 and verse 44, this is what it says. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children. I will dwell among the children of Israel. I will be their God and they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them, and I am the Lord, their God. Here we see again the very heart of God, that he desires to dwell. God is in the midst. God's desire to be in the midst through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, through the new birth, through being washed in the blood of Jesus, knowing Christ as your Savior. Jesus Christ said these wonderful words. If you turn into the Gospel of John, John chapter 14 
And verse 17, Jesus brings the fullness of the revelation of what we were reading about in the shadow in the Old Testament. But in John chapter 14, speaking and teaching of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John 14 and 17, the Spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwells in you and shall be in you. Now this is the same God that desired to dwell with Adam and Eve, that longed to be with them. It's the same God that brought Israel out of Egypt, brought them in and through the Red Sea and into that place, into that wilderness and in that tabernacle. It's the same God that wanted to dwell amongst them, that dwelt between the cherubims in the glory and the mercy seat and the altar. This is the same God. Now Jesus is saying, that he will send us through the new birth. He will send us the Holy Ghost. In verse 17, But ye know him, the Spirit of truth. He'll dwell in you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. If you go on down a few verses, there's a very profound verse in verse 23 of John 14. Jesus said unto him, If a man loves me, He will keep my words. Listen to what he says. My father will love him. My father will love him. And we will come on to him. And we will make our abode with him. Here is the almighty triune God. He has sent for those through the new birth. That keep his word. And that love him. He says my father Jesus said. My Father will love him, and we will come, we will come onto him and make our abode with him. God is in the midst of her. God's in the midst of his people. When you have Christ in your heart by faith, the Almighty God, the Almighty God, this is a wonderful truth. By the Spirit of God, the Almighty God makes His abode in these lives. Know ye not that your body, my body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple. These temples, these bodies are the temples of the living God. The Almighty God, when you by faith and repentance turn from sin and by faith put your trust in Jesus, you're born of the Spirit. But the Almighty God of heaven and earth, of all creation, comes and lives within us. God is in the midst of us. We also know it to be true, not only as individuals, but God is in the midst of the gathering of his people, the assembling together of believers, knowing the last days and the day that's approaching, that we are not to forsake the gathering together of the saints, the gathering physically together of the church is so crucial. We are in a temporary time, but it's so important that we are in a fellowship of believers and assembly with the structure that the Bible has laid out to glorify Jesus Christ. He says, I will be there. We're building together for a habitation, God in the midst, a dwelling place of God through the Spirit. God is in the midst. It's good to know that God is in the midst. It's good to know that God is in us. 
Then he says these words, knowing this great truth tonight, that God is in us, that God is in the midst tonight, knowing this great truth. It's a wonderful thing. It's good to know. He says, she shall not be moved. We cannot be moved. We cannot be moved tonight because God is in the midst of our lives. We might face the winds and we might face the storms. We might face the tragedies and the difficulties of life like every other person. But we have a hope in these hearts and in these lives tonight that God is in the midst. The Bible says that my life and your life, if you're saved, is hid with Christ and God. Thank God tonight it is hid with Christ and God. The psalmist says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly removed. In the same psalm in verse 6, Psalm 62, it says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not, I shall not be moved. You know, they sing this song. We shall, we shall, we shall not be moved at football matches when they win. But the next week when they lose, they can't sing this song. But the believer can sing this song every day of their lives. We shall not be moved. Whether it's sunny or whether it's raining. Whether there's COVID-19 or whether there isn't. Brothers and sisters tonight, we are on the victory side in Jesus Christ. We will never be moved because we have the rock of ages in our hearts. Our lives are hid with Christ and God. The Bible says in Psalm 125, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever and ever. We know there's a shaking at this time. There's a shaking in the world. You know, you just keep seeing the headlines coming. I don't read the articles. I see the headlines and then, you know, I just know this is what we need to be guided by, God's word. But here's the headlines this week. Uh, famines are about to break out of biblical proportions on the BBC. You know, the BBC's behind, but the Bible is up to date and can tell you tomorrow's news. Famines, pestilence, earthquakes. But praise the Lord, sisters and brothers, we shall not be moved. We have an anchor that keeps the soul of a man or a woman through faith in Christ alone. Then says that God shall help her. And we have looked at God being our helper in previous weeks. The Holy Ghost is the comforter, our helper. God's going to help us. He's in the midst. We'll not be moved. He's going to help us in the midst of every trial. And then it says this, this little phrase, and that right early. God's in the midst. God shall help her. We'll not be moved. And then it says, and that right early. Do you know that phrase? When you look at that phrase, it's speaking of the appearing of the sun at dawn. It's like when the day breaks. In other words, that God's our help. He's going to break forth like the dawn. It's paralleled with that verse in Psalm chapter 30. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy. There's a breaking forth of joy in the morning. It's like when the sun just lifts up in the morning and casts 
and drives back the darkness and the beams of the sun begin to shine across the beautiful countryside. Well, the sun that we're referring to is Jesus when he just stands up and he breaks forth in the brightness of his glory and drives back the powers of darkness and drives back the despair. He will help us and not right early. When he breaks forth like the morning sun, he's here to help us. He comes in time. He's always in time. He breaks forth in the midst of our despair. Just like in Exodus 14. We have already talked about it when they're coming through the Red Sea. But it tells us in Exodus 14 and verse 24. That as Israel were coming through and they looked behind them and they realized the enemy. You know, the enemy will always pursue as God's people are moving on. When you're moving on with God, when you've come out of Egypt, when you've got saved and you're going to go forward with God. But the enemy pursues you. But here's a wonderful thing. God deals with our enemy. It tells us in Exodus 14 and 24 that in the morning watch, just like that right early, but in the morning watch, it tells us here that the Lord looked onto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of cloud. God looked. He was the pillar of fire and of cloud. But it says in that early morning, right at that morning watch, when the enemy was pursuing in after the children of Israel, when he was coming after his people, God just looked through that pillar. What a thought when we see it. That, that, that enemy and all its chariots and all its power and all its pomp and all its, all its strength pursuing after the people of God. And God looks through. God just looks through that pillar. Hallelujah. He comes in that morning watch. He breaks forth at that right time, right early. God will come to help us. The weeping may endure for a night. It doesn't say there's no weeping. It doesn't say there's no troubles. It doesn't tell us there's no battles. There's no, no difficulties. But what it tells us is that he promises that he'll come right early to help us in our time of need. If I could ask you to consider this great truth, knowing that he's in the midst, knowing tonight that he is here to help us, knowing that he is, that we'll not be moved with our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing tonight that we are on that victory side, that God is in our lives and God is amongst us as a people. If you think about this, I want to change this slightly tonight, but leave Leave you with a challenge, if I could, because we say amen to the great truths that we have looked at, that God is in the midst of his people, that God is in our lives. He's the anchor of our souls, that we have the great and the almighty God living in us. He's made his abode in these, in these clay vessels through the power of the new birth. We know that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, For where the twos or threes are gathered in the name of Jesus, there I am in the midst of them. That Jesus is right where we meet. When we're gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ, two or three, he says, there I am in the midst. There he is again, the same God. There he is by the Spirit of God in the midst of his people. In Zephaniah 3 and 17, it says these words, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. This is the Lord. This is the Lord. 
He will see if he will rejoice with joy. This is the Lord Jesus Christ rejoicing with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. The Lord thy God is mighty in the midst of thee. Think of this. Think of these biblical truths tonight that God is in the midst. Where the twos or threes are gathered in his name, he says, I will be there. He tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee, he's mighty. Our God in the midst of his people. As we assemble together as the house of God, as the assembly of God's believers, our God is mighty. Listen to the word of God. Our God is mighty in the midst. With this great truth, here's the challenge for us in this period of reflection, a time of being separated, but in a time where we can take stock and take account. With this great truth, it ought to consider us, consider, we ought to consider this great truth that God is in the midst, the Savior of the world, the Almighty, the everlasting God, is among us. He dwells in our midst. There's two or three in this hall tonight. And Jesus Christ is here. And we know and believe that to be true. And we do. We quote it. We pray it. We preach it. It is true. It is an absolute truth. That he is in the midst of his people. God is in the midst. Should this truth have any bearing. On how we conduct ourselves individually, and as a church collective. Think about it. We believe this. This is, a, this is a fundamental truth of the gathering of the people of God. We gather, Jesus says, I'll be there. I'll be in the midst by my Spirit. We have Him in our hearts by faith tonight. We're saved. That means Jesus lives within us. Should this have any bearing on us collectively, an individual, I believe it does. Would it be fair to say that if we really had the revelation of this truth, or if we really lived with this truth at foremost part of our lives, do you believe it would make any difference to the conduct of the individual or to the gathering of God's people together in local assemblies across this land? Let me put it this way, with the challenge tonight. And I believe we need to be challenged. Let me put it this way, or in a different way. If we were told tomorrow, and announced at the five o'clock announcement by the ministers of this land, that the isolation is over. It is now finished. You're absolutely free to meet in any form, with any number, can I ask you a question as we come together? Say it was, for example, if we were then to meet together this Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for our prayer meeting, 11 o'clock for our remembrance service. And as we gather together, if we knew that Jesus would be here, which he is here, but here with a physical manifestation, he won't be, he'll be here by spirit but in a physical manifestation that actually be a manifestation of Jesus like he appeared to the disciples in the upper room. Can I ask the question to you and to I, as the Lord put it to me, would your approach to his house 
be any different to how you currently approach it? Would there be anything different if you were to walk through these double doors or whatever church you attend, if you're listening from another fellowship, would your approach to that house, the gathering of the people of God as a habitation of God through the Spirit, would would the life that you live with this reality that you were going to physically meet Christ, would that make any difference to your conduct on how you approach the things of God? Simply, if Christ was to be among us in a physical way, this Sunday morning, if isolation was lifted and Christ was going to be here as a witness to the conduct of this service, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe in any way that you would approach this meeting different? I think if we were all honest, there might be some things could be different. Do you think our prayer time would be different? If Jesus Christ physically manifested here on a Sunday morning, and he was going to be a witness to our meetings from 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, right through to whenever it finished, do you think things would be different? Do you think our prayer meeting, our prayer time would be different? Do you think our praise time, do you think how we praise would be different if there was, hypothetically, a manifestation of Christ physically? Do you think prayer time would be different? Do you think the praise time would be different? You know, when we want to understand praise, we know we understand praise from God's Word, not so much tradition, but the Word of God. And if we want to find out what praise is, we go into the Scripture, particularly into the Psalms, and where we have the word praise, we know that there are several different Hebrew words for the word praise. We have limited praise just to singing, but singing's a crucial part. There's other words that mean for this word praise, the lifting or the extension of the hands, the stringed instruments. There's another word that simply means to celebrate. There's another word that means the, the word shabak, which is translated praise, but means to address in a loud tone. There's another word barak, which means to kneel and bless the Lord in adoration. That's all part of our praise. Do you think that if Jesus was manifested physically, we knew that was going to happen, that your praise would be different? I believe it would be. I believe we are more conditioned by tradition, the fear of man, and pride. If Christ was to witness our congregation and witness how we behave in the house of the Lord, do you think it would be different? Could I tell you, he witnesses it every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and our conduct outside of that. He sees it all. And yet we are so conditioned. We're so conditioned with tradition. We're so conditioned with the fear of man. We're so conditioned with pride. If we were to honestly see some, some of the conduct in the house of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is here every time we meet. Jesus is in your home tonight as you sit with your family in the name of Jesus Christ. He knows our conduct publicly and private. Do you think our worship, our adoration would be different? Would be too proud to bow our knee? You know, would we be too proud to get on our face? 
We'd be too proud to call out to God. We'd be too proud to lift our hands and shout a shout of victory. We'd be too proud to get on our knees and weep before the throne of grace to give Him thanks. Would our worship be different? Would our offerings be different? Would our communion time, our time of thanksgiving round the table, would it be different? Do you think we would be different with each other? Do you think our preaching would be different? Do you think how we listen and conduct ourselves as the word of God is preached, do you think that would be different? Do you think our behavior would change? Do you think our evangelism would be different? Do you think our young people would be different? Do you think our older people would be different? You might say to me tonight, but Tim, I think you're stretching it. I don't believe I'm stretching it in any way. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 12, in those seven churches of Asia Minor, when John turned to see the voice that spake with him, Revelation 1 and 12, and being turned, he saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and a girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Seven golden candlesticks were the seven churches of Asia Minor. I believe that Jesus is by his spirit in the gathering of his people and a witness to all that happens. Do you think it would change? I believe, brothers and sisters, we need to have the truth and the revelation that God is truly in the midst. That we truly need to conduct ourselves in a way outside, privately, and publicly that Jesus Christ is in us and he meets with us as we gather together. Surely our praise would be different if we had the revelation, not because he's physically here, but by faith we know that he's here by his spirit. And just like the seven churches in Revelation, he walks the very aisles of this building, not because of how grand the building or how humble it may look, but because his people are gathered together in the name of Jesus, and Jesus is here among us. Would our praise be different? Revelation 19, what's praise? What's worship like in heaven? What will we be doing forever and ever with the Lord? Revelation 19, it tells us that the four and the twenty elders and the four beasts fall down on their face and they worship God that sits on the throne and they say amen and hallelujah. And a voice comes out of the throne and says, Praise our God, all ye servants. And ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters. And as a voice <clears throat> of the mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad. The Bible says that we're to be glad. Do you know what that means? That word glad means to be happy and to be joyful. Is that how we are in the house of God? Is that how we live in the house of God? Is that how we conduct ourselves as believers? That we're happy, we're glad, we're joyful. And then it says the word rejoice and rejoice. Do you know what that means? Listen, do you know what it means? This is what this word means. It means properly to jump for joy. That's actually what it means. Out of the voice of the throne of God, it says, be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the wife has made herself ready. Will worship and praise be different in heaven? Should it not be the same on earth? Should it not be exactly what it will be? Should we cast away the shackles 
and the things that so easily hinder us and what people think. Should we not be a people that are rejoicing in the Lord? That we are that we are ecstatic, not just because the preacher that we like's preaching, so we'll say amen or we'll shout hallelujah, but is it because Jesus is here? God is in the midst. We're probably more dictated by fear, tradition, and pride than what we actually think. God is in the midst. God is here by his spirit. God is in the other assemblies that meet in his name. He's there by his spirit. God is right in the midst, just like as a witness to those seven golden candlesticks, the seven churches. God is here. God is among us. Second Chronicles chapter 20. A great day of trouble, Jehoshaphat. All Judah, it says, Second Chronicles 20 and 13, I'll close with this. It says, And all Judah stood before the Lord, with their little ones, their wives, their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, the Levite, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Oh, I tell you, as we gather with our little ones, our families, singles and olders and younger, doesn't matter, but as we gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, as an assembly, may the Spirit of the Lord, just like here, come into the midst of the congregation. He says, Hearken ye, O Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thy King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord, unto you be not afraid or dismayed, by reason of the great multitude, for the battle's not yours, but the battle's God's. So, friend, God is in the midst. He'll not be moved. He'll help us in that right early. But truly, if we come again, if we grasp that he is among us, as surely as is it not time for especially a nation that's so religious in so many ways, a lot of great things, but a lot of religious things that are just not of the Lord. Surely as we come afresh again to say, Lord, we want this place to be just like what it is in heaven, a place where we adore Jesus, where we are not ashamed to worship him truly in spirit and in truth. We're not here to worship a man. We're here to worship the man, Jesus Christ. We are here to lift up his name. We hear that great congregation of heaven singing, let us rejoice and be glad. Let we let us join with them together as the people of God, that Christ is in the midst. Jesus is among us by his spirit. May we be challenged as we go forward that we will serve him and worship him and praise him and pray and outreach and give and give our lives as we ought to, because he is in the midst, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We pray that the Lord will bless his word to your hearts tonight. We'll pray together as we close. Father, we thank you tonight for your precious word. We thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, we pray for such a new thing to be done amongst your people. Oh, Father, we pray we'd see it the way you want us to see it. Lord, that you'd anoint our eyes. We pray you'd deliver us from fear. Forgive us for pride. Forgive us, Lord, for, for tradition that we've followed that's not of you, Lord, but it is of man. Lord, vain tradition. Oh, Father, we're praying for such a new thing to be done among us. 
Lord, that we'd let all the shackles go of religion, but Lord, we'd truly be a people that are happy, rejoice, and be glad in this great God. Oh, Father, tonight bless, bless your word to your hearts. Lord, may there be much fruit from it. We give you the glory and the praise tonight, Lord. Lord, that you alone are worthy. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen.